once believed that justice could be found in a court of law. And in the light of day, and I was fooling myself. Darkness only responds to darkness. And the truth is, I'd rather die as the devil than live as Matt Murdock. Oh, that's so very dark! Let's start the show! <laughs> Welcome to Cord Killers, the show about watching the stuff you love, when you want, where you want, however you want. I'm Tom Merritt. Hey, man, uh, I'm Brian Brushwood, but most importantly, if I was a superhero that was blind and then also very, very Catholic, I don't know that i go around shouting my name. Uh, even if the, the priest were to keep that secret, somebody could yeah. overhear that. What's he doing? What's he doing? Not on the trailer anyway. Everybody's going to watch that. Yeah, right? And I certainly wouldn't post it on the Netflix official channel trailer. Seriously. That's That is a horrible way to keep a secret identity. <laughs> Don't you think so? Welcome back, guest to the show, Nicole Lee. That's not my real name. My real name is uh, uh, Fair... 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 Yes. Fair. Fair... Fair... Fair, fair hair. Fair hair. That's actually a great secret identity because nobody can quite remember how to say it. If you don't remember your secret identity, then nobody can ever guess. It's, it's like a pen. Very secure. That's the trick. Uh, of course, Nicole Lee from Engadget joins us from time to time right here on Cord Killers, and we're very happy to have you back. Uh, we've got a lot of cool things to talk about, so let's get right into the primary target. The weirdest thing about this first story for me is that I swear I went to school with someone named Christy Fleischer, but I could not find any evidence of that. Netflix has hired Christy Fleischer away from Disney to head its global consumer products team. So overseeing retail, licensing partnerships, publishing, interactive games, merchandising, even experiential events, which is like one step down from theme parks. Fleischer was previously head of merchandise for parks, experiences, and consumer products at Disney. Uh, she also worked in the merchandise management for Warnico, American Pacific Enterprises, and the Disney Store before that. Uh, this, this is where we know Netflix has said they want to go, but they're stealing from the best to do it, Brian, saying not only are we going to put out merchandise around our IP, but we're going to get somebody who's very experienced at doing this at one of the companies that does it best. So when I read your summary of this story, nor normally I, I go on and read the story so I have things to to uh, know, but in this case, like like – just upon reading it, I, I just wanted to talk out with the two of you guys what this would look like. If I'm if I'm understanding your bullet points correctly, basically, a um, um, bit of inside baseball. Uh, there's the money you make for making the content, and then there's the peripheral money. The as I think of it, uh, the bottom ninety percent of the iceberg, right? The the merchandising, right. The, uh, the 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 ancillary. Star Wars stuff. being the most famous example, right? Exactly. Lucas got right. almost nothing <clears throat> right. from the movie, but he made tons of money off the merchandise. Exactly, exactly. Because right. because uh, what you're really doing is you're figure, figuring out an inefficient but very real way to translate general goodwill, general appreciation for a piece of art into some kind of retail commercial enterprise, right? So uh, this is a fascinating question to me, is how much does Netflix have in its secret bottom 90%. How much goodwill would you pay to go through a 
uh, Orange is the New Black Haunted House. Would, <laughs> would you buy? Oh, you're, you're focusing on the experiential events there. I get well, it. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah. But, but all of that, like, like, like the weirder stuff you can Out imagine. Through the gift shop where you can buy the orange shirts and yeah, yeah. Exactly, right? Like uh, not only the physical goods, but also the experiential stuff. Also the fan conventions. That's something that we haven't seen hmm. yet. Mm-hmm. Imagine as there's a long enough tail. Imagine if they, they actually had an Orange is the New Black uh, 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 reunion convention and it took place at Alcatraz and it was a $500 exclusive event only 500 people would be allowed to go the entire cast was there and you guys stayed overnight in Alcatraz with the girls from Orange is the New Black like like, like that's that's the kind of thing uh, that's probably not enough money that's only $25,000 yeah that probably doesn't make a lot <laughs> yeah. of money uh, five, $5,000 but... or whatever I mean my, my point is um uh, I think there's incredible potential here, and and I think that somebody who knows the business over at Disney would be the perfect person to figure out new ways to tell the same stories over at Netflix. First of all, I think we have to acknowledge that she's from Disney, so that's sort of interesting because Disney's making its own streaming channel, right? So that's kind of making them uh, uh, more competitors than ever before, really. Um, and the other thing is that Netflix is has... Is such a weird comp. It's such a weird thing. I almost think of Netflix as kind of like an HBO because HBO has a store, right? And they, and they have interesting franchises, right? Whereas I think Netflix has more of an opportunity to open even more stores and more merchandising because there are. I mean, there are already Stranger Things dolls from Funko, and there are already mm-hmm. like Stranger Things T-shirts from like. That was kind know, of their first toes in the sure. water on this. Yeah, I, like I'm sure that there's a ton of merchandise already with certain franchises, right? Yeah, so but, it, but but it also like like in the HBO store, and this is unfair because I've not really explored it. But do they do anything besides slap logos on various types of merchandise? Uh, like like is there a <laughs> Game of Thrones board game or or something there more is involved? A Game of Thrones board there's game. a Game yeah. of Thrones board game. There okay, is. all right. But I don't know if that's licensed by HBO or by George R. R. Martin. By J. Uh, yeah, exactly. Whether or not it's 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 which uh, is another interesting thing that Netflix bought Miller World where. That won't matter. Anything they turn from a comic book into a television show and then license out material, still all in the family. Yeah. Interesting. I I think of Netflix less and less as a streaming service. I, I think of Netflix as a major television broadcaster right alongside Fox, CBS, uh, ABC. And I mean that not in their broadcast senses. I mean, ABC has ABC family and ESPN and Fox has FX and, you know, CBS has Showtime. Like they all, they all are television production houses and distributors and channel network makers. Netflix is doing all of that. The only difference is they just have the one channel that you get it through, which is the Netflix app. Uh, and so instead of saying, well, oh, that's a Bravo show, not an NBC show, everything is Netflix, but everybody has their own tailored Netflix that's for them rather than you having to decide, oh, am I in the USA camp or the Bravo camp or the NBC sports camp? 
But I guess the the question for me is that sounds great, but are there ABC theme parks? Are there Fox? Well, like you know what I mean? Like yes, ish. Uh, you got to look to stuff like uh, Universal Properties. Like there's a, a Fear oh, yeah. Factor yeah, live yeah. stage uh, show. There's, there's the, a there's a uh, Simpsons Land in yep. the NBC true, Universal. True, true. There's a Walking Dead attraction that just opened up. They're well, not all from NBC, right? Plus, all, plus also seasonal stuff. For example, uh, Walking Dead licensed a bunch of stuff to the haunted houses at Universal. Halloween Horror Nights. Uh, Yeah. So 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 what I I think Netflix is saying, and they've been saying this from the beginning since they Mm -hmm. started doing original content at all, is we are doing it and we own it all. Uh, and and we are we prefer to own it from beginning to end. If we have to fudge on that to get House of Cards done, we will. Uh, but you know, every once in a while, if we have to let Breaking or Better Call Saul be exclusive to uh, AMC in the U.S., but we get it everywhere else, then we'll do it. But our goal is to own everything top to bottom, and I think that's what we're going to see with this merchandising events kind of situation. So here's an interesting question. Are we fans of this idea in general? Is this, as a business model, a good thing or a bad thing? And keep in mind, I, in fact, I kind of want to recuse myself. Uh, full full disclosure. Um, Brian just wants an answer so he can decide what to do with his own property. I mean, I mean, to be honest, like like yeah. what what they have is universally beloved, top notch AAA titles, and from that they build the pyramid downward. We've kind of done the opposite in our little uh you know, seven man operation uh is 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 where we're uh you know we have we have, we have scam stuff we have the modern rogue and this other stuff where we try to build up you know uh, from the ground up to hopefully eventually get a television show or something out of that uh are are, are we fans of this this model in general nicole what do you think i've got an idea of what i think but i want to hear from you first <laughs> Thanks, Tom. Um, <laughs> Unless you want me to go first, I'm just being nice. I don't. I'm not trying to trap you. I apologize. No, it's okay. Um, I have no problem with it. I mean, whether or not I'm a fan of it is besides the point. I think, like, I'm not. I don't really feel one way or the other to about it. To be honest, it totally depends. I mean, there are certain franchises that lend themselves to these kinds of things than others. I think Stranger Things, perfect. Like, just that's just, that's just perfect for this kind of, of, of promotion. Every, I, I can't really think off the top of my head of anything. Like, uh, maybe uh, Matt Grinning's Dis- Disenchantment or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think that could potentially be a thing that you could do. Um, but it's I, I just feel like there, there are certain properties that are better than others. But I kind of, the thing is, the thing is though, Tom, you, like, you know how you say that like, you, you think of them as, fr- as like, you know, ABC, NBC, so on and so forth. But the thing is like, I kind of, I divorce I, I divorce Netflix from the thing I'm watching. Like to me, I'm watching Stranger Things. I'm not watching Netflix as Stranger Things. I'm watching Stranger Things. So I, I I don't even think about Netflix as like I don't know how to explain. It. I don't really think of it as I think of it as a as a medium of the show I'm watching. I don't really think of it as the thing that's making the thing I'm watching. Yeah, I no, <laughs> I, I I think that's right, and I and I think you know that might end up becoming a problem for Netflix at some point. But I think most people, that's that's not an issue where they're gonna forget to renew their Netflix subscription, right? right? So which would be that's the only fair. danger. And I think they're I think Netflix is fine with that because I don't think they're gonna be out there pushing the Netflix store or Netflix land so much as saying here's where you get your Stranger Things cool stuff exactly. here's where you have your house of cards white house experience or what or whatever it is they come up with 
And I think you nailed it when you said it depends on the franchise. Like if you look at Disney, they're the masters of this, but all their successful theme park tie-ins are movies. It's Marvel, it's Star Wars, it's Pixar, uh, you know, it's cars. Uh, it's, it's all very carefully chosen. And I think that's why Netflix is smart to say, we may not have the franchises that are best for this yet. Christy Fleischer, you know, what works come in and help us figure out what to do with what we do have. And maybe look at our slate. Maybe some things get prioritized that weren't prioritized because suddenly it's like, Oh, that has a 90% iceberg of merchandise. We need to push that one forward. And keep in mind also, there's middle of the ground opportunities. Like, for example, yes, your Disneyland's have all the Disney properties. Yes, your Universal's have all the Universal properties or whatever. But then the middle spot, you would have like um, uh, Six Flags, where they would license mm -hmm. stuff from mm. Warner Brothers. And so it was vaguely Warner Brothers esque theme park Although, land. Where, whereas I'm like, having a hard time thinking of a thing at Universal that's from NBC. Or Universal Pictures. Oh no no no! Uh, they definitely Harry do. Harry Potter uh, is uh, Warner. Yeah no no no. no, no, no. is Fox. Uh, Walking Dead's AMC. Well sure, I mean, but but I they, guess also, they also Water World was Universal, right? Uh, yes, uh, but they also have like you know you go there and it's a uh, uh, Escape to New York featuring v Jimmy Fallon and, and uh, the, I think Transformers is oh yeah. Transformers. That's you know, I mean, they, they, yes, they, there's no shortage of Universal properties on Universal. But the uh, popular stuff that sticks out for for some reason always tends to not be the well, Universal. Well, yes, which which only speaks larger to my uh, point, which is you don't even have to own the space to license out the properties and make a related uh, a theme park attraction or some kind of experience for it. And maybe that's what what Christy Fleischer will do is help Netflix tie into that and say, hey, uh, get into the Universal theme park with a Stranger Things attraction yeah. or get into Six Flags. So so like, a, you know, you go to a Viacom, like there's Nickelodeon sponsored whatevers, you know. So imagine you're at some theme park and there's a Nickelodeon thing, whatever. But then next to it is a Cupcake and Dino uh, mm, Netflix mm -hmm. thing or whatever. Like yeah, I could yeah. totally see that. I could totally see a Cupcake and Dino ride, too. Oh, my God, that would be great. And I yeah. wonder what song they would play during it. It's already in your head. It's too late. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. All, all, all our speculation aside, this is a very significant move by Netflix, uh, and it'll be interesting to see what they make of it. Yeah, man. Uh, somebody's in the chat saying uh, I'd stand in line for the Eleven roller coaster. Of course, man. Uh, or, or the, uh, the, the, the terrifying experience of having the Demogorgon uh, blast in your face and all that stuff. Or the Ozark money laundering ride. <laughs> the money sorting uh, game. <laughs> you get to wrap your own bills, put them in a wall. Uh, hey, if you don't want to wrap your bills and put them in a wall, send them to us. It helps us fund the show. Heck it's yeah, the only man. way we fund Look, the show, right? We now. all know that. What's the number one problem bugging all of you guys? It's the end of the month. What's that? Oh, great. It happened again. There's money still left in the bank account. Well, guess what? <laughs> We're here to help. Head on over to patreon.com slash cord killers. You can support our show. You can be our boss. You can tell us what to do and we'll have to do it. That's what it means to be a boss. Yeah, so bosses around with your dollars uh, from one to no end. You can give us as much as you want at uh, Patreon.com. You know what, uh, Tom, we haven't discussed this, but I'm, I'm declaring a hard upper limit of $700,000 million. $700,000 million is the most we'll take, folks. That is the most Don't per month that. we can pop, right? uh, per show that we can possibly get right take. up to it. $699,000 I mean, they were fine. cool, but you cross that line. Yeah, no, sir. Don't cross us. 
Uh, so show us exactly how close to that line you can get <laughs> at patreon.com slash We're, we're playing killer. Patreon chicken. That's what's going on. <laughs> Let's talk about how to watch. We got some Europe stuff today. Uh, the European Union has reached a preliminary agreement on rules to require streaming services to carry at least 30% European-made content in their libraries. Uh, it is expected to pass through its vote very quickly. Individual countries would be allowed to mandate above 30 if they wanted to, so up to 40%, and require a minimum of that amount be made in their specific country. So, for instance, the Netherlands could say, well, we want 40% European-made, and half of it has to be made in the Netherlands. Uh, surcharges on subscription fees can also be levied to pay into national film funds to encourage locally-made films. Netflix already does this in Germany. A uh, vote is expected to pass, and the rules become law in December. And then, once it does become law, companies that have 20 months from there to apply. The interesting things to note, Brian, is Netflix is almost right there at 30% already. Man, this is a tough one for me, Tom. Uh, my, my you gut, hate numbers. I Wait, hate no. tribalism is what I mm. hate. I don't think the world is made better when you train people from birth to think of us and them. And I understand. And so there's there on the spectrum, you have on the one side where it's like what we want is to preserve our local heritage. And the way to do that is to incentivize local creators to tell our story, to remind our people in our place that we are us. And I understand that. However, on the flip side, a perverse uh, consequence of that is is that what you are doing is essentially nationalism, which is what leads to uh, us and them and deciding that them need to be exterminated so that us can uh, survive. I, I, I don't like it in what, real war. What if that's not the only reason? What if the other side is not we need to preserve our culture, but we need to let everyone else in the world know who we are to actually fight against their nationalism, but we're being crushed unless we give our local folks a little leg up because they can't get to Hollywood. I mean, uh, I mean, you can label it any way you want, but it's still at the end of the day, it's it's you're taking away choice and you're forcing. Well, sure. But I, I guess what I'm saying is there's an argument to be made that if you don't do something to help your local industry get a leg up, Suddenly, everything is from Los Angeles, not even elsewhere in the U.S. It's just all from Los Angeles, right. and, and, and it's and, all L.A. centric, and that's not good and, either. Uh, co correct, and that's a really good point. And it makes me think of, um, you know, part of the reason that uh, the human species has done so well is because we are uh, so heterogeneous that, that we have so many. Uh, the fact that we sexually reproduce, we get these weird mashups mm -hmm. of genes all over the place. Makes, makes we us a really with Denisovans and Neanderthals, and yeah, well, okay, we, you're right. Uh, we we collapsed into only sapiens and. Uh, this, man, this is a whole nother podcast know, that we can right? go now, into. Suddenly right? we're doing weird but, things. We but, gotta pull back. But 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 I, I think we're on the same page where it's like yeah, I yeah. understand the benefit to it, but I am fearful of the down the road consequences. Uh Nicole, where where do you weigh in on this? Um I'm I have a specific opinion, but I'm not sure if it applies to the to the news at hand. But my opinion is that I am sick and tired of the regionalization of content in the sense that I can only watch certain shows if I live in a certain place. Like if I live in somewhere else, I can't I can watch a certain thing. So my perspective on this is that, yes, every country should have a certain percentage of that region, like have that 20% German content, have that 20% British content. But I, but I, as a citizen of the United States, I want to see it too. 
because I want to see every country's content. I want I I want to be able to see all of it, right? And I yeah. I'm not sure if this provides for that. Maybe, maybe it does. I mean, I don't know. If, if if it does, then great. And I think the reason why I'm kind of okay with this is because if it encourages, if forcing this quote unquote minimum quota or whatever encourages more content to be on streaming services on Netflix, let's say, to be available worldwide, I say, hell yeah. Well, it's a, <laughs> that's the interesting thing, because I think it's saying the exact opposite, because uh, okay. like, uh, well, for example, let's say uh, as I read this, it's saying, hey, Netflix, if you're going to be in Europe, 30 percent of the content has to be European made. What's interesting is why not? I'm with you, Nicole. Say the reverse. Say, hey, Netflix, if you want to be in Europe, 30% of your out of Europe content has to be European. And if it's not, well, then guess what? You don't get to come mm. to Europe. So it's, it's like, like, like mm. if the goal is to export your culture, then it seems like the last thing you would want to do is to make sure that the people who are already European are watching European stuff. Mm. I, that's an interesting way to do it. I like, I mm -hmm. love that idea of saying, mm -hmm. you know how we're going to encourage local content, make other people outside of the country watch it. Uh, <laughs> I, I get the feeling that we're talking about cable card requirements here. In the lifetime of this show, we have done stories about the fight over whether cable card should be forced to be allowed and opened. And Brian particularly and myself have been saying, who cares? Nobody's going to be using cable card. And guess what? Today, nobody's using cable card. Every, what's happening is companies like Comcast and Charter and the cable companies are starting to put apps on streaming boxes. And it's, you know, we're not 100% there yet, but this feels the same thing where Netflix is like, sure, no, that's fine. We already have 30%. We want to anyway. It's a good idea. And we're going to do exactly what you said too, Brian, and make all of that available as widely as possible outside. So if you need to uh, pass a rule to make yourself feel better, we don't really care. We're already doing it. Yeah, that's the bummer part is like at the end of the day, uh, in general, uh, legislative bodies only legislate what already is happening that they that, that is safe for them to do so in this case they already have 30 percent of the market hey man let's say we pass a law and make it official hey we did the thing we secured mm -hmm. our base or whatever that means i don't know well and it does make sure other startups you know are more likely to follow in netflix's footsteps i suppose uh but yeah the other thing i wanted to mention also from europe switzerland's public broadcaster uh will stop over the air tv broadcast by the end of 2019 now this is sometimes the headlines will be misleading and make you think switzerland's stopping all over the air broadcast it's just the switzerland public broadcaster uh, and only 1.9 percent of the population about 64,000 people take advantage of watching the public broadcaster over the air and lots of people watch it on cable or online uh but almost nobody watches it over the air now this might not fly in the u.s where 17 percent of homes rely on broadcast only and that's a rising it was it was only 15 percent a couple of years ago in 2015. this is a weird echo of the thing we just talked about because when it comes to the informational health of a, any particular society, I want as many redundant ways to get messages out as possible and shutting down even one, even a very unpopular one. And, and you know, granted, we're, you know, we're, we're cord killers here. Um, 
you would think that it's like, yes, let's get rid of our old outmoded stuff, make everything IP based would be a good thing. But but it makes me fearful because it makes me feel like we have a weak, uh, I, 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 you know, I, I defense mechanism against outside bugs. Uh, like like that's the reason that uh, that sexually reproducing species to bring it back again, uh, do better than than asexual because asexuals, they all have the exact same genetic code. And then when something wipes out one it wipes out all of them, whereas uh, I, I like the idea of us having a robust redundancy yeah i mean you know i mean there there, there are people that, that are of two minds about um the uk's you know the thing you have to, you have to, you have to there's, a, there's a tv licensing fee right and there are some two there are some conflicting opinions about that but i actually i think it's a good idea i mean it, it supports the bbc and the bbc is i guess maybe the same kind of quote-unquote public broadcast not exactly the same scale I, I understand that but um i do think the whole i the whole the very I, the very thing that makes them deserving of of over the air broadcast is the fact that they're a public broadcaster. Like if they were any other channel, maybe not. But the fact that they are a like a like a PBS equivalent, I'm guessing, like that kind of thing is even more reason to have a antenna option. Yeah, yeah. I I look at this <laughs> and I think. This, keep know. in mind what's happening here is Switzerland's public broadcaster is saying to the government. Right. Can we not be required to do this anymore? You, you have a requirement that we do this. We only have 64,000 people watching it. We bet if we turn it off, most of them will still watch us in another way. Uh, and it's costly to maintain this, you know, mm. well, should, do, do we need to keep doing it? It's like it would be like somebody who manufactured uh, VHS tapes and DVDs. Uh, going to the government because they were required to keep making VHS. And they're like, eh, do we need to, we make DVDs and Blu-rays. Do we still have to do VHS? So they're saying, look, we have lots of ways to get us over the internet and in mobile uh, and cable still carries us. Do we really need to be super serving this declining percentage? Tom, you know how to speak my language. You just rephrase the question and suddenly I'm like, wait, uh, so, so somebody's asking for more freedom instead of less. Well, guess what <laughs> I'm in favor of. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, it's it's interesting though, uh, and and it I really think it's interesting in comparison to the United States, and I, I'm glad you brought up the BBC as well, where you know there's a lot of controversy. Switzerland's public broadcaster also funded by the government, but the BBC has this very unique way of saying no, this money is only meant for the BBC, and you don't have to pay it if you don't watch television, and how do you prove that, and all of that. Uh, so we have all of these different old models. And we haven't quite figured out what the fate of all of them is going to be. All right, let's talk about what to watch in under surveillance. Not like this, it's all about location, location. Under surveillance. Now we got a packed section uh, today, so we'll move through it fairly quickly because we have two weeks worth of announcements to cover. But the first about the first human mission to Mars arrives on Hulu September 14th, starring Sean Penn as a grounded astronaut and created by House of Cards creator Bo Willman. Man, I wonder if that's part of how they make it. Uh, the, the headline says it feels pretty real. I wonder if that's a big part of it is because in real life, our experience when this does happen will be we're all grounded astronauts just getting reports, you know, from from the outside world. Doctor Who will premiere October 7th for both UK and US viewers. BBC America is even going to air the premiere twice. Once in the afternoon simulcast with the UK and an airing at the normal primetime hour. Uh, is there is there any vestiges? Is, is anyone still uh, butthurt about it being a, a female doctor? Uh, are, are we past that officially? 
Was anyone yeah, that probably? I mean, I, 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 even, really even, that even probably was, some. I know there were a few very loud people, but I don't think the majority of people were well, that upset. Yeah, I, I guess that's my point. Is is like even as the 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 first bluster happened, I forgot fake. that was even a thing until you brought it up. Yeah. Okay. Good. All yeah. Right. Thanks, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but I, I love that we're actually getting a simulcast because. I've been tempted to visit London in the afternoon to make sure I don't get spoiled on Twitter and then, of course, fly quickly back to the United States to watch a prime time before. <laughs> oh my so. goodness, you get around, don't you? <laughs> yeah, it's hard on a body to travel like that. Uh, Orson Welles' last film, The Other Side of the Wind, began shooting in 1970, starring John Huston, Peter Bogdanovich, Susan Strasberg, and Oja Kadar. In March 2017, Welles' production manager Frank Marshall and Philip Jan Remsha got the film completed. It features Oscar-winning editor Bob Morofsky and a new score by Oscar-winning composer Michael Legrand and tells the story of a self-exiled producer who returns to L.A. to make a comeback movie and will arrive in select theaters and on Netflix November 2nd. Man, this is tough because I don't know. Well, I mean, I guess it's not tough. I'll just watch it and it'll either be good or not. But but yeah. but but this part of the story is tough because I, I have these warring factions that say, man, this is going to look like Forrest Gump, you know, just trying to, to, to wedge square pegs into round holes for play for sake of storytelling because you don't have the original. You don't have access to the actors. You don't have anything but the found footage to work with. Uh, but on the other part, part of me says, like, if it's good, man, would that be? That's like a perfect uh, tr uh, triple Lindy, uh, like 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 a difficulty multiplier times a thousand. Yeah, I mean, have you ever, I mean, how many times have we talked about watching like a, a movie and saying, oh, but if they had edited it different, I bet it would have yeah. been better. And so this one has had, you know, decades to percolate and you bring in an Oscar winning editor to say, well, take a look at what they did and uh, let's see what we can do to improve on it. Netflix released a teaser for House of Cards, returning November 2nd, showing Claire at Frank's grave. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, okay. there you go. Man, what a weird, what a way, I can't even imagine what it's like to make that show. Uh, anyway. All right. Yeah, all right. Uh, Netflix <laughs> released a teaser for She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. The show arrives Yay. November 16th. Looks kind of Sailor Moonish, a lot of people are saying. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, one of the original creators of She-Ra chimed in uh, at some people saying like, oh, they they changed her body and made her less like a, a sexy Barbie doll. And I don't like, you know, whatever. And he chimed in. He said, look, um, you know, She-Ra is an archetype and archetypes reflect. Uh, they're always viewed through the lenses of their time, basically. And and we live in a different time. And I think it's wonderful that they're doing uh, the way they are. I also like that it's princesses of power, implying yeah. we're going to have a whole cast here, not just one She-Ra running around. Yeah, I agree. Ellen DeGeneres returns to stand-up on December 18th on Netflix. Man, man oh man, are stand-up specials cheap to produce. <laughs> That's all <laughs> oh, I have to yeah. say. <laughs> and, and the only cost is the contract with the performer, and Netflix apparently has enough money to get over that hurdle. So, exactly. uh, CBS will stream the Super Bowl on Sunday, February 3rd on its mobile website and apps without requiring sign-in. Uh, they've been doing this on the web because different networks get it every year for, for a few years now. Uh, and of course, if you're an authenticated viewer through cable uh, or a subscriber to CBS All Access, you'll also be able to watch it on mobile. Uh, and it will also stream on the NFL's website and app on Verizon's AOL, Complex, Tumblr, and Yahoo. But Tom... I, I, 
I love this. I love this. It shows like the only reason they try to restrict viewing is when they're not sure <laughs> that the advertisers will be satisfied uh, unless they make people watch the ads. Speaking but when, of which. when the advertisers are spending as much money as they do in the Super Bowl, it's like, oh, we need as many eyeballs as possible because we're going to rake this money in. It, it, which leads to my question, which is uh, uh, we, we're talking about the Super Bowl content, but are we talking about the ads? Are all oh, yeah. of these guaranteed yeah, to yeah. have the same ads? No, and I, I usually they do show different ads in these streams, mm -hmm. uh, but not always. Like some streams will actually have the real ads from the the network broadcast, some won't. So it'll be interesting how they handle that. That is the next question, exactly. Uh, on to some development news. Netflix cast Henry Cavill as Geralt in the Witcher series. Production is supposed to start October 18th, and it looks like the show might premiere late 2019. It was originally scheduled to premiere in 2020. Uh, dude, very exciting. We've talked about uh, it before where this is an independent production of the same source material as the Witcher uh, video game series. It'll be interesting to see uh, what's different. Apple has bought rights to both the nature documentary The Elephant Queen as well as the animated movie Wolf Walkers from Oscar nominee Tom Moore about a young hunter who learns to appreciate wolves. Also the documentary The Elephant Queen from an Oscar-winning documentarian. Uh, so, uh, Brian, what is your one-word recent status on Apple television? Oh, what's that, Tom? You're saying just around the corner is amazing Apple TV content? Well, I can't wait. <laughs> I love the what the rock is cooking motion you just made. That was, that was amazing. Uh, Netflix has picked up canceled ABC show designated Survivor uh, with Kiefer Sutherland for a third season. Ten episodes will be in production this year and arrive in 2019 uh man i is 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 this worth diving into have either of you guys watched this i haven't no yeah. i i watched a little bit of season one it's weird i don't know it wasn't for me yeah, the idea is like all the the normal uh people who are supposed to succeed to the presidency are killed and like the one the person Union. the designated survivor that was protected is like what the secretary of commerce or something like uh yeah something like that and, and it's weird to see like jack bauer having to be jack bauer but being like a very modest <laughs> guy or modest politician i don't know yeah. jack jack bauer aged into john mccain territory or... <laughs> it's not quite there yeah. yeah yeah uh i don't know and then i heard season two was not even as good so this was a this is a surprise to see mm. netflix pick this up hmm so the Coen Brothers Netflix movie, former television series, now a movie, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, uh, showed at the Venice Film Festival and will also receive a theatrical release in the U.S. to qualify for awards. Right on. Um, like is that universally considered a good sign when something is supposed to be a TV show, but then whoops, it's a movie? I don't know about that. That doesn't happen a lot. I <laughs> yeah. I don't no, know. We have really much doesn't. precedent for that. Yeah. Huh. But it did well at the film festival. So, uh, Finally, The Hollywood Reporter says Mr. Robot's fourth season will be its last. It will run 12 episodes, which is a little longer than the other seasons, and air next year. Sam Esmail said, since day one, I've been building toward one conclusion. And in breaking the next season of Mr. Robot, I've decided that conclusion is finally here. Everyone on the creative team, including the amazing people at USA and UCP, didn't want to say goodbye, but we ultimately have too much respect for Elliot's journey to extend it past its inevitable ending. Yes, yes, yes. Good good for you on the storytelling side of things. Um, I, I'm going to trust you, Sam Esmail. I certainly trust you because you said, guess what? USA would really prefer this just go on forever, <laughs> but we're not going to do that. Uh, yeah, I... It, it, 
the last the last season felt awfully pokey to me, and so mm. I'm kind of glad it's like uh, I would rather see them just wrap it on up than try to stretch it out too far. Nicole, you have any other thoughts on that? Nope, sounds good to me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Good. I think we're all in agreement on that. Let's talk about what we've had our eyes on then. Nicole, what have you been watching? A lot <laughs> since I last uh, since we last chatted. Um, I watched Crazy Rich Asians a few weeks ago. Um, I don't know if you guys talked about it, uh, but I, I, I loved it. It's great. Um, especially as not only an, an Asian American, but someone who was born in Asia. And uh, somebody who's crazy rich. <laughs> just just the crazy part. Okay, got it. Yeah, Two out of three is not bad. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, it was, it was I, I mean, I found it a really interesting movie because it reflected um, the Asian perspective like if you if you were born and raised in asia that perspective and the asian american perspective both perspectives of which i have because i am from asia and i'm also an asian american so it was really interesting to see from that point of view and I, it's just beautiful in general like the the colors are very rich and that was just like the costumes were amazing and um just in general a, a, a wonderful story a wonderful romantic comedy that also had some really interesting and strong cultural uh, perspectives built in. That's what I've heard. That's why it's succeeding so well. It's, it's, you know, it's blowing away the box office expectations because it's a great movie, not even just a good movie, but a great movie that is also Mm -hmm. groundbreaking at the same time. Exactly. So it, it, it sort of melds both uh, both uh, both worlds in that sense. Um, The other thing I've been doing is that I've, I don't I think last last I talked to you guys, I was still like catching up on my Marvel movies. Oh yeah, and, right. Uh, as of basically last week, I've watched every single one, with the exception of the most recent, the Wasp one. That's the only one that I haven't watched. So, okay. so th- this was that one's in... not available for rent yet, is it? Yeah, is yeah, it? it's not available yet. So I have to like. Yeah, wait okay. Th- this is in how long of a time period that you consume the entire MCU? I watched well. In the I, last... I took a break. Like I watched, like Iron, like I watched all the way until like I think Iron Man three, and then I took a long break, and I, and then from then until the most recent one, I just I just consumed it all in like maybe like two months, basically. Wow! Did you rewatch um, the ones you had seen? Yeah. Okay. What's that? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it was it was, I really liked watching them that way because. I feel like everything runs together. You can remember, oh, who was that guy in that shot? I know who that guy is now because I just saw him in like two movies ago. Yep. So like you remember who everybody is. You remember who the characters are. You're like, oh, okay. And I now I understand why he emerged out of that. Oh, yeah, I, I get who he is now. And like all of a sudden it totally makes sense. The Black Panther makes sense with the fact that it, it, it came, the Civil War thing came. Like it, all, it all makes sense. And I feel like if I watched it like, Two years ago, I don't think I would have remembered. It. Yep, no, nope, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I, think I would have remembered it. I I will validate your claim that watching them <laughs> separated makes it really hard to be like, oh, is that a guy? They're talking like that's a thing. Like, oh, and then days later, you're like, oh, that's right. Yeah, I guess that was a thing. Yeah, watching them back to back was like, okay, I understand who they are. I understand the the relationship to each other. Um, which I mean, I guess, I guess, I guess, I guess, I have to listen back to your spoiling time episodes when you guys yeah. talk about Infinity War because I'm really fascinated by the ending and I'm like, I don't, what? Uh, <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see um, what happens from that. 
Right I also on. noticed you noted here that you've been watching Pluto TV too. Yeah. So um, Pluto TV, free TV series. I'm, I'm sure you guys have talked about it. Mm -hmm. um, different, basically a free TV alternative, um, which is so like I was talking to a friend about it and she was like, so wait, we went from free TV to cable TV to streaming TV and then back to free TV. How yeah, did maybe. that happen? Yeah. <laughs> and this is that's basically it. like there's no DVR, there's no recording, there's no fast forwarding. There's just what you see is what you get. Um, yeah, for people who miss channel surfing. Yeah, for people who miss for me, for it's for people who miss background TV. Yep. Mm -hmm. if you, you if you miss just having something on in the background, either you're in a party setting or you're just you're just chilling out in in in, in the kitchen or whatever. Just having something on is that's what it's really good for. Like watching riff tracks all day long or watching MST3K all day long or yeah, yeah, just yeah. watching cats well, all day long. It's it's nice to have TV that is a hundred percent free of obligations or stakes. Because every time I decide I, this is part of the reason that I gravitate towards television uh, binging sessions rather than movies is because if I watch a movie, I'm like, ooh, do I feel like committing two hours to Kong Skull Island? <laughs> I don't know. It seems like a dicey bet. And then I don't do it. Whereas like, uh, uh, do I feel like committing 20 minutes to the good place? Uh, yes, I do. Click. And then uh, and then this is even lower stakes where it's like I could just walk away and come back and halfway through another show. And it Rift tracks. Reflex is great. Literally, you just pop in, watch like maybe ten minutes, and it's fine. Yeah. And you just you cut, it's like it's a perfect like snackable TV. It's it's I don't know. I really like it. I really dig it. Brian, so, yeah. what about you? What's something you've been watching recently that you liked? Uh, that was a real example, Tom. I'm watching The Good Place. I'm finally watching The Good Place, and guess what? It's great. I'm halfway through the second season. They're available seasons one and two on Netflix, and it's uh, the, the the longer you watch, the faster you realize it's a very, very smart show and really, really funny and clever, and Ted Danson is a national treasure, and he's great. Yeah. Uh, uh, also, I started watching Ozark season two, which I expected to just suck me right in. But maybe I just was looking for lighter fare because I only watched the first mm -hmm. couple of episodes. I uh, did get caught up on Better Call Saul and, of course, uh, watched Deadwood. And I think I watched something else, but I'm sure I'll bark out later on in the episode. Uh, the, the two things I want to talk about this week uh, were things I watched on the plane. One, a do they're both documentaries, actually. Being George Clooney is a really short. If you're on like an hour flight hour and 15 flight perfect perfect documentary for you uh being george clooney is about the actors around the world who voice george clooney in movies what? and how they generally will be chosen over and over again because the people in that country or who listen to that language start to identify that person's voice as george clooney's voice oh and that's in fact, amazing they tell the story about how when Robert De Niro insisted on speaking Italian in The Godfather 2, it went over horribly in Italy because that wasn't what Robert De Niro sounded like to them because all his <laughs> other movies up until that point had been dubbed by this other guy. That's amazing. Uh, I, I've been told that in the uh, Latin American version of Hacking the System, I have a very manly, robust, uh, <laughs> uh, saucy voice. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really fun to see the people behind this and talk to them about it. Uh, but the one I really loved was called Ramen Heads, which is about uh, the ramen king of Japan, Osamu Tomita, who has won best ramen in Japan four years straight. 
and it goes into all of the ways that he prepares his ramen and runs his restaurant. Uh, and there's this great uh, sequence where he gets together with two of the other big ramen chefs in Japan and they team up to create a special recipe for his 10 year anniversary of opening his shop. Uh, but it'll make you hungry, uh, especially for ramen. But it's it's amazing. It's if you've ever seen Jiro Dream, Dreams of Sushi, uh, this is that for ramen. Right on. All right. What do we be on the lookout for, Bryce? Hey, listener Blair sent in a pic that this really surprised me. So she re recommended a show called Chef and My Fridge. Do you guys, anybody here heard of Chef and My Fridge? Wait, is no, this, I haven't. Is this where like a chef has to take just random stuff from your fridge? Is that a thing? Or did I dream that? Basically. Okay. That's basically it. It's, that was it's, a public access show in San Francisco in like 1999. <laughs> <laughs> well, now it's it's a Korean uh, variety panel show. So the, the, the premise is... Um, a bunch of professional chefs sit around uh, and they they do these 15 minute cooking challenges using only the ingredients that they find in celebrity guests personal fridges so they always okay. make a big deal out of the uh, the opening shot of like you see them carting out the fridge and putting it on a truck and it's like on a GoPro so you're following it all the way through um, and it 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 becomes this very like pokey proddy thing of like oh what do you, what does the singer have in her fridge oh look at this this is expired ooh um, <laughs> <laughs> and so it's a it's a very like social energy it it really feels like a panel show like like a it it is a panel show the first half of the episode that I watched today for this was was no cooking at all like it was the panel talking and then talking with the celebrities a little bit and then they started looking in into the to the fridges but it wasn't until like 30 minutes in where they actually started cooking anything so it's 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 a it's a different energy but it's very personal in the way that a lot of korean tv is you know a lot of those personalities are referencing oh you you were on this other show yesterday whatever um and and, and so it actually feels a lot like uh, nailed it. We talked about nailed it. Yeah. On on uh, on Cord Killers a few a few months ago when it premiered, and it's the same thing where it's 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 like for fun, right? They're professional chefs, so the stakes are a little bit higher, but they're poking fun at each other. They're insulting each other. Oh, you dropped that. Oh, you're overcooking this. Whatever. Um, I mean, even the studio is really small, right? Like there's a table where all the panelists are sitting at, and then the cooking station is immediately next to it. So there's no like separation of distance like it's it's immediate so everyone is narrating and commenting kind of at the same time um and it it makes it really really high energy um uh um anything else here uh yeah it, it's it's really cool and i think it you know a lot of the english speaking audience maybe doesn't have experience watching a show like this which is very frantic for a lot of a lot of effects a lot of sound effects and visual effects and stuff but um, I think it's worth a try. Uh, uh, they have 46 episodes of Chef and My Fridge on Netflix now in a lot of countries. Thank you, Blair, for sending this in. If you got something we should be on the lookout for, email us, cordkillers at gmail.com. And then do what Brian's about to tell you to do. Uh, yeah, man, do us a favor. Uh, look, man, the Modern Rogue uh, daily articles. Daily articles over at themodernrogue.com. They just keep getting better and better and better. Tom, how many times did we get you in the last couple of weeks? 
Uh, well, I, a little less feed reading with my travel, but still at least three in the last week. <laughs> that's that's yeah. our favorite new game is is Tom not knowing that he's clicking on an article from themodernrogue.com. Well, discovers... I started to catch on when it was like five, blah, 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 blah but you stopped doing that now. Oh, and so I'm getting we? got more. Yeah. No, I'll tell you what, man. Uh, it's, it's a total blast. The articles are really, really good. Uh, and it's so much fun to realize that we are now... 10 months into this journey and already, you know, the numbers uh, are doing better and better, and better. We still haven't monetized a damn thing. Everything you're seeing on there is completely a labor of love, complete speculation that, 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 uh, we can we can recreate some of the magic that that people felt in the early days of crack.com uh, along with uh, John Cheese our editor in chief I'm really really proud of it uh, just enjoy it so so in other words the thing I'm trying to sell you is literally nothing except for enjoy all of these articles that, yeah. that, what's the if URL you want again? surprising unintended ways people use common technology you're going to be sucked into the modern uh, rogue. that's right themodernrogue.com Excellent. All right, let's move on to the front lines. Front lines. The Emmy Awards happen in three waves now. Uh, the first wave of creative arts were awarded this past Sunday. Uh, there will be another wave of creative arts coming September 9th. And then you get the primetime Emmys, which is televised. Uh, and that's all the big, you know, best drama, et cetera. Uh, that comes on September 17th. So in this first round, and we'll be revisiting this later, I'm sure, HBO took home the most trophies at 13, mostly for Game of Thrones stuff. Netflix took three awards for Black Mirror, three for The Crown, and two for Glow. Hulu's Handmaid's Tale got three. Amazon's Marvelous Mrs. Maisel got three as well. And Brian, even Apple took home outstanding short-form variety series for Carpool Karaoke. Mm, I'll believe it when I see it, and I you still haven't seen it, one. even though you just told me about it. <laughs> <laughs> However, meanwhile, sources tell the information uh, that Amazon plans to launch an ad-supported streaming service for its Fire TV devices. Its working title is Free Dive. Good idea or bad idea, Nicole? Because, I mean, it's what Roku's doing, right, well, Nicole? Yeah, but 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 yeah. also like you buy a Roku with the expectation that you'll be able to use it for some kind of free service or also premium stuff. But an Amazon device, I would think you would buy just with the expectation of using for Amazon stuff. A couple of things that came up to my mind. First is Amazon must be really wanting for customers if they're doing ad supported stuff, right? Because that seems like something you would. If you if, if you put, if you give something away for free and then you, you're supporting with ads, that sounds like you may have problems getting people wanting your service. Now that's the first reaction. Second reaction, um, I mean, I guess it's something to do. I just I just I just don't see a market for it. Wait, I guess. Yeah, I'm trying to imagine who's the person that buys a Fire TV stick, saying I have ninety nine dollars to buy for this stick. But I'll be damned if I'll spend eighty dollars on a subscription to a year's worth of Prime. But well, remember, they, I, they okay. offered Kindles with ad support, and I mean, it was yeah, yeah, marginally cheaper, yeah. and people went with that because the question isn't will people buy this and not use Amazon Prime. The question is will people use this channel at all? Uh, like you mentioned, some people pay for Netflix and still watch the Roku free channel. Some people yeah. even buy movies on Vudu and still watch Vudu's free streaming with ads. What Amazon is banking on is this will be very low 
marginally expensive because they already have infrastructure for prime video to put in place and they are catching up to Facebook and Google in selling ads. So they need more places to put those ads. That's actually a really good way to reframe it, because uh, what my guess is uh, that Amazon does not care if anybody uses this service at all. What they care about is being able to tell everyone and you can watch stuff for free. Yeah. That's it. Whether or not That's anybody it. ever does it or not. Yep. Bingo. That's the value add. Yeah. And plus, like, I think a lot of people do buy Fire um, devices, like for like an extra, it's like an extra device, like an extra mm -hmm. room thing. Right. So in that case, it's just a, you know, it's just added bonus content. Yeah. So. DC streaming service will launch September 15th. They had a big announcement with Kevin Smith. The first original show, Titans, will arrive October 12th, uh, premiering at New York Comic-Con. Uh, it'll get a sneak peek October 3rd at Comic-Con and then be on the streaming service October 12th. Good deal. Meanwhile, Sony PlayStation View lost access to a bunch of local stations when Sinclair pulled their channels in May. But Sony has added 200 other local broadcast stations from other owners, bringing the total of local stations uh, offered in the U.S. to 450. Man, I got it. I, 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 Tom, this is a bias. Nicole, uh, this is a bias on my part. Uh, I, I just have a hard time picturing somebody getting PlayStation view and being obsessed with local television. Those, those two well, don't forget about local. I think you get hung up on like local news and stuff. It's about the primetime shows from those networks. Got it. Okay. Uh, uh, Cause yeah. if you don't okay. have your local CBS station, you can't watch anything from CBS. On right. PlayStation so, so you're okay. All right. That makes sense. That makes sense. Then you're like, Oh no, I want to watch the good place. And uh, I'm yeah, missing right. season no, exactly. three right now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, finally, YouTube TV users can pause their subscription up to six months now without losing any of their DV recordings or favorites. Now, keep in mind, your recordings still expire nine months after you recorded them. And the date that you resume your membership becomes your new billing date. Six months is a curious thing because it's it's longer than immediately and mm -hmm. it's much, much shorter than forever. Uh, and <laughs> sure like, if, if, if you told me you kept it for a year it would be forever in my mind. If you told me you kept it for one month, I'd be like, okay, so I pretty much lose it immediately. But six months is the worst mushy middle because I don't know what to do with that. I, I, I don't know how that would affect my behavior one way or the other. Yeah, I wonder what their calculus was in picking that six months. I'm sure they had a reason. I'm sure they're Google, I right? They calculate I, everything. I, I seem to think it's fine because um, it, to me, it, seem, it sounds more like you're going on vacation or you're going on a trip that could be a month or two or maybe you're going off to i don't know visit relatives i mean it, it just seems like one of those things you you just stop for a couple of months six months is just enough leeway to like if you want to yeah. do more or you if, can if if you but, uh, disable um, your service for a slow period if you don't like the new slate of shows this season yeah. and you want to come back in the fall mm. uh may, maybe there that's what go. this is you know oh you know what that that could that that would make sense that and then you get to keep all your settings and stuff so basically right. stick with us for half the year and then, yeah. and you know, this is, oh, uh, this is Hulu season. And then the other half of the year is uh, YouTube right. season. And then you okay. can kind of yeah. see it for uh, sports too. Yeah, sure. Sports. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When your sport gets into to gear, you'll watch it until it's off. It's and then usually the, the breaks between seasons are less than six months. Yeah, so. I could see that. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get to the dispatches from the front. <laughs> E 
Ian wrote in, uh, hey, Cord Killing Gurus, wanted to follow up joining Netflix via iOS instead of direct through the Netflix website. I'm sure I'm a very small minority, but I actually canceled my membership just to be able to sign up again through my Apple TV. When you sign up through Apple, you can use your iTunes balance to pay for the service iTunes cards are pretty easy to find for a 10 to 15% discount, so it saves me about two bucks a month off Netflix. Derek from Naperville had a pretty similar email, said, I've been a Netflix customer since the early days, but switched my billing once they offered through apps on Apple because of iTunes gift cards consistently going on sale for 10 to 20%, and that money can then be applied to my subscriptions. Uh, yeah. Also, Troy writes us saying uh, Disney Blu-rays pattern has not changed. They continue to pull the major family movies into the vault and reintroduce them every 10 years. This strategy works because there is a new generation ready for the new content and the urgency of the limited release ensures that movies will get bought rather than allowing parents to put them in the we'll get around to it list. The uh, the question now is, does this go away with the Disney streaming service? Will parents keep the Disney Channel month after month after everything is available uh, all the time or or will the service continue to release movies in 10-year windows twice a year so premieres uh, line up with their Christmas and Easter disc release, perhaps? Uh, he says also that he subscribed to CBS All Access when Star Trek started. He went ahead and uh, watched week after week instead of uh, waiting till the season was over and binging, but he still intends to drop the service between Star Trek seasons, which I guess goes back to the whole six-month cancellation uh, policy. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and then Tucker wrote in uh, because we talked about how much difficult people have had getting a foundation TV series made and Tucker's like well the BBC did an excellent radio series of the novels a few years back surely if someone can do a radio adaptation of the works then a TV version isn't impossible either he also said that the idea uh, that he got from the radio adaptation which hadn't hit him as much when he read the book of living under an emperor uh, bugged him as well uh, but, but and I think that's just a great point of how a good radio adaptation or a good television adaptation will bring parts of the story out that maybe didn't hit you as much when you read it because it's a different way of telling the story. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Jeff Peterson writes in saying, as one of the Veronica Mars movie backers, I was thrilled to hear the news that the show was coming back. I was less thrilled to hear that Hulu was uh, uh, was going to be the home of it, as that is his least favorite platform. But he will be paying to watch the show and then not paying anymore. So I, this uh, this is a dedicated fan who, who, who swoops in, sees the thing. GTFOs. Yeah. And then uh, what? Nicole, do you have something on that? No, I just thought that was funny. <laughs> He's like, I hate Hulu. Everything about Hulu, except for that one show. Uh, Amr wrote in and said, Spotify recently updated their Spotify Premium for Students program to include Showtime. Uh, the Students program is only $5 a month. So for $5 now, you get Spotify Premium, Hulu with ads, and Showtime. Of course, you have to prove you're a student. It's a crazy deal. Check it out. Two things. He says, if you're having trouble signing up, even if your college is on the list, manually verify that you're a student and use a PDF of your class schedule. And two, if you have the discount already, you won't get Showtime until your next billing cycle. Good deal. So there you go. Very cool. I, I, and interesting to watch these bundles start to experiment and take shape. Uh, as people complain about having to pay for too many different services at once, I think it's really interesting to see Spotify uh, collecting them. They will. They say they will add Showtime to their other. They have a bundle for non-students for Hulu, which is like, I don't know, twelve or thirteen dollars a month. So uh, it, and they it, say they want to add Showtime to that too. It seems to me that basically you identify a few services that, in general, people know they're never going to give up, and you use those as anchor points. Uh, yeah. Uh, these these lampposts uh, that you that you hang. 
uh, all of these other services on, like Amazon. I'm never going to give up my Amazon Prime anything. I'm never going to get out of the Amazon ecosystem. So yes, that's where I want to buy stars and and uh, epics and all that stuff. Uh, Spotify is another one that I'll never give up. And so sure, you're going to add on showtime let's go for that and so weirdly we talked about the fig leaf cable system as a way to authenticate your way into a bunch of other ecosystems i didn't expect that the fig leaves would be amazon and spotify and and these major uh you know apple other services well and especially for students who are like oh yeah hell yeah i'm paying for spotify yeah i'm not paying for cable yeah and it's like great we'll get in on the spotify action then so smart moves perfect sense nicole lee a smart move is having you on the show too thank you so much for joining us Thank you for having me. If folks want to find out what you've got going on, where should they go to find out more? You can go to twitter.com slash Nicole or engadget.com. Excellent. Our website is cordkillers.com. Our email address is cordkillers at gmail.com. We're live on twitch.tv slash night attack. Also carried on diamondclub.tv Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We will hug you with cord killing again next week. Hey guys, Brian and Tom here, and it's just the same old message at the end of the credits, just like always. That's right, Brian. Nothing new here except your name showing up. Oh my gosh, I've got a name. Because you just supported us on Patreon. Yeah, all those $5 donors, look at that. That's your name in pixels. We're going to make you famous, kid. Put your name in pixels on the internet. names in there. But some of you are new. Some of you aren't there. It's sad. What can they do, Brian? I mean, they could go to patreon.com slash cord killers and pledge $5 an episode and be one of these amazing people like this one. Oh, look at look at that name right there. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. (laughs) 